Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Welcome. My name is Brenda, and I'm glad that you've joined me. Over the past few weeks, we've considered three foundational names of God, Elohim, Jehovah, and Adonai. And today we'll look more closely at a compound name of God, Jehovah Saba, the Lord, our warrior. Perhaps you have someone in your family who served in the military. Well, in June of 2004, our family flew to San Diego, California to attend the graduation ceremony for our oldest son, Mark, from basic training in the United States Marine Corps. We thoroughly enjoyed a patriotic weekend of celebration. It is truly amazing to watch these young adults march across the parade ground and to marvel at the transformation that has taken place in such a short time. I think we all truly look for that brave, well-trained, mighty warrior who will defend us. And just like it is true for us in our world today, this has been true through the past years and decades. Well, in today's lesson, we are going to go to the battlefield. There are two types of warriors for us to consider today, and I invite you to turn in your Bibles to our study passage, 1 Samuel chapter 17. Let's begin with a description of the scene for this story. We begin in verse 1, and we see that the Philistine armies are camped between Sukkot and Azekah. And then King Saul and the men of Israel have gathered in the Elah Valley. Verse 3 reads, The Philistines stood on the mountain on one side, while Israel stood on the mountain on the other side, with the valley between them. And when we take people to Israel, we stand in the Elah Valley and we point out the mountainside where the Philistine army would have been camped. And then we turn toward Bethlehem and we look at the hillside where Israel would have been camped. Well, in verse four, we find out that the Philistine army had a champion and this champion was named Goliath. Goliath would march down from that hillside with the Philistine army and every day he would make a challenge to the army of Israel. And we see a description beginning in verse four of this giant. He's over nine feet tall and he has protective armor that's impressive and heavy. Oh, so heavy. As we continue in verses eight and nine, we read that Goliath challenges the army of Israel. He taunts them. If I win, the Philistines will serve Israel. But if I prevail and kill him, then you will be our servants and serve us. Well, day after day, Goliath would walk down into the valley and shout, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. 
the definition for the word defy is to confront, mock, oppose, to provoke, ridicule, to despise. This quote from Tony Evans' book, The Power of God's Names, reads, The challenge had been issued, and it was a game changer. The Israelites had stood for days in front of a mass of Philistines. They had already faced a myriad of threats, problems, difficulties, and opposition. But all of that only got worse when one giant stepped forward. He was only one giant, but one giant is one giant too many. Well, look at the response of King Saul and all of the Israel army in verse 11. Fear flooded their hearts. They were dismayed and greatly afraid. Can I pause here for a moment and get personal? Who or what is the giant in your life today? Has fear flooded your heart? Maybe it's your job or a situation in your family. Perhaps it's something pertaining to your health or financial worries. Are you greatly afraid? You know, the fear of a giant can cause us to freeze right in our tracks, unable to move forward. Sometimes we can't even think straight. We can't focus and we sure can't make a wise decision. This giant was huge and he grew bigger every day. He presented himself to the Israelite army for 40 days. Well, maybe your giant is growing each day as well. And I think this Next part of our lesson is going to help us learn how God would have us face our giants. We read that David is sent by his father, Jesse, to check on his three older brothers who serve in the army of Israel. And as David arrives, Goliath has marched down into the valley once again And he spoke these same words, and David heard them. And David was surprised that the men of Israel fled from him and were greatly afraid. And as verse 24 tells us, David's looking, have you seen this man? What is, what is he doing? And David spoke to the men and he said to them, what will be done for the man who kills this uncircumcised Philistine and takes away the approach from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the armies of the living God? We have a contrast here. We have an uncircumcised Philistine and we have the living God. Israel, the army of Israel, serves the living God. This uncircumcised Philistine does not acknowledge the living God. Well, as David asks this question, his older brothers are angry and they're critical. After all, he is their little bother. Oh, I mean, their little brother. And so 
they're saying that he is in the way. Why are you here? Why did you come to spy out on us? And David says, what have I done now? Was it just not a question that I asked? You know, David's brothers were there in 1 Samuel 16, the chapter before this one, when David was anointed by Samuel to be the next king of Israel. They were struggling with this younger brother as he now came into the army camp and said, why isn't someone standing up against this man? Well, David goes and speaks to King Saul and he says, let no man's heart fail on account of him. Your servant, David's pointing to himself, your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And King Saul in verse 33 responds, you are but a youth and he has been a warrior from his youth. Again, another contrast pointing to David, you are young, you're youth, and this is a warrior, and he's been a warrior from his youth for many years. But we have to love David's response in verse 37. Where is his trust? David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear. He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. You see, David had experienced God's deliverance from other giants in his life. He knew the Lord was watching over him and would stand with him. David knew God was a mighty warrior. And then Saul says, go and may the Lord be with you. But it's ironic because just as King Saul is saying that, he then in verses 38 and 39 calls David into his tent and says, here, go out in my military armor. And he begins to prepare David for the battle. If you're going to fight this giant, I will get you ready. But yet Saul had said, may the Lord be with you. And I love David's answer in verse 39. He says to King Saul, I cannot go with these. I can't go out in your armor, King. I've not tested them. I haven't, I haven't practiced. These aren't mine. This is not what I'm used to. God never wastes anything in our life. Those jobs that seemed insignificant, he was teaching you something. Different relationships and interactions with people are all opportunities to grow and mature. God will use a young man watching over the sheep day in and day out. You know, a shepherd would practice with his slingshot all day long. He'd shoot a small rock that would hit the ground just beyond his sheep in order to direct them back toward him. And then as David mentioned, the Lord had delivered him from the paw of the lion and of the bear. Those long days out in the shepherd's field had proven to be excellent training for this shepherd boy. He states with certainty 
that the Lord will deliver him from this giant who has cast fear into the hearts of the army of Israel. And so David took his stick and he went down into the Elah Valley and selected five smooth stones and put them in his shepherd's bag. And as he walked forward in that valley, here came the Philistine warrior, the giant, and he looked at him with disdain. He cried out, you send me but a youth. Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And we have to love David's response. He says, you come to me with all your fancy equipment and battle garments. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. Then it happened. David put his hand into his bag and took from it a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead. On that day, God sent but a youth to slay the giant who dared to defy, to taunt, and to mock the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, Jehovah Saba, the Lord, our warrior. Well, while this Bible story is familiar to many of us, there are still some very powerful attributes of God and head-to-heart applications for us to consider as we look back at the truths of this story. God is almighty. There's no battle or giant too big or impossible for him to defeat. He is sovereign. God is in control. Even when the battle appears to be out of control and hopeless, our God is victorious. He is the victor. He wins the battle for his people. Satan is defeated and God's purposes ultimately prevail. God is our deliverer. He rescues his people from the hand of the enemy. He is steadfast and trustworthy. God has delivered before and we can trust he will deliver in the future. God is relational. You know, he knows each of our strengths, our weaknesses, our skills, our abilities. He is a strong warrior. He's not afraid of the battle. Why? Because the battle is the Lord's. He is our helper and defender. God does not send us into battle alone. Our God will not be mocked or ridiculed. He is the almighty, powerful King of Kings. I love this true story from the life of the young shepherd, David. He was in the middle of his basic training. In fact, from the time David was anointed by Samuel in 1 Samuel 16, until he became king, almost 15 years passed. God was preparing him for his service as king of Israel. Well, I have a couple application head to heart that I've been wrestling with these past few days, and I'd like to share them with you. What difficult situation am I battling alone 
rather than relying on God and his strength. Another thought, where have I allowed the enemy to stymie me with fear rather than moving forward with a foundation of prayer and trust in the character of the God of the Bible? And one last statement that I've thought a lot about, name the stone in your hand. In other words, what skill or ability has God given you that can be used in difficult situations or with difficult people? How might I strengthen that ability and practice using it for God's glory? Well, David heard the mocking voice of a giant named Goliath, and he declared that this uncircumcised Philistine would not defy the God of Israel. And as he approached this mighty warrior, he brought the skills and abilities he had practiced every day for the number of years. Just a simple shepherd watching over the flocks of his father, Jesse. Sometimes the best way you and I can serve the Lord is right in the spot where he has placed us, the town, the subdivision, the street where we live. What's the stone in your hand? Thank you for studying the names of God with me. It is a joy for me to share this time with you each week. I'm thankful for the opportunity we have to look at God's word together. Next week, we will talk about the Lord, our shepherd. The study guide is available in the show notes below. I pray each of us will experience victory over giants this week because Jehovah Saba, the Lord, our warrior goes before you and me. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.